What's up guys and welcome to the Real Happy Hour podcast. My name is Ola and I'm so happy to have back on the show Jamal and Shopper. Where is Shopper? I'll try over again. 3, 2, 1. What's up everyone and welcome to the Real Happy Hour podcast. My name is Ola and I'm so happy that you've all tuned into the show. We have returning guests. Second name, Smith, uh, <laughs> uh, journalist. Uh, yeah, I write and do other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Incredible writer, much like Thank you very much, Chauvet. Thank you. Um, my name's Chauvet, and I'm a, uh, I guess, a true crime YouTuber, writer on occasion. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to be back here with you all. I'm so happy to have you guys back. This is your third time back. So, oh, yeah. yes. Third, third, we're regular. It's like, it's yeah, like a regular thing. We should have this. This should be a regular thing. It's just a regular thing. We should have thing. like someone else coming that we speak to. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. I actually had that. It was meant to be one extra person to come. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all cool. Um, so, today we are speaking about, we're going to have a conversation, a conversation about the, the clone Tyrone, which is a Netflix movie. Everything okay in there, baby? This science fiction comedy mystery film is directed by Joe Taylor in his feature film directional debut. What do we think about the movie? Let's just get into it. I actually liked it. Um, I did have a, a, a great, um, you know, optimism about it when it started, but um, it's kind of reminded me of a Jordan Peele film. Yeah. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I think you know they done a good job. You know, um, yeah, kind of doing a, emulating a kind of Jordan, Jordan Peele esque type of film. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd give it quite high up in my ratings. Like maybe I'd give it maybe a nine out of ten. Like I really was moved by it. Um, yeah, I think there's just so many layers to it. And I think there's just so much to discuss, so I'm actually quite excited for this. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it's a really good movie, and it felt like the universe of a, a similar movie that I'd seen um, by Keith Stanfield. Something like, like The Happy to See Us or something like that. I don't know if oh, yeah. I've heard about it. I've actually seen it, but I know what you're talking about with Keith Stanfield. It Stanford felt like it, yeah. it was the same universe as that, where there's, a, there's some sort of Propaganda that's that's being propagated by the the power, and um, we're all just puppets mm. in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always in that. Well, I haven't watched that, but he sounds like he's always in those kind of films. Like oh yeah, because yeah. he was in like Get Out and yeah. everything and all that. Yeah. yeah, true, true. But I agree with you, Jamal. I think it gave me Jordan Peele vibes. Yeah. I actually thought Jordan Peele wrote it, but when I looked into it, obviously he didn't. But like, it very much gave me that vibe. Yeah, it really did. It reminded me of a lot of, um, was it Nope? A yeah. little bit as well, yeah. you know. Yeah. There was like two main characters in Nope, but like the three of them, yeah. like, and everything, and they're going on a journey and everything. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I like the premise of this, the whole movie happening in the hood. Like, yeah. It's, it's not your regular movie where it's yeah. you know, someone working somewhere, or it's like in the hood, it's like boys in the hood. Mm -hmm. Sci-fi, like yeah. yeah, 
No, I know exactly what you mean, because then I think the direction that I would have assumed that the film was going in, because I didn't try, I didn't want to do like any like research yeah, prior to watching it, so I wanted to just like take it for what it was. And then I think initially what I thought the um, sort of concept and storyline would be, the ending was just so different. Well, quite early on you realise that it's not just some like boys in the hood type of vibe, like it takes you like it goes on a different trajectory quite quickly but like the first like let's say 10 minutes when he's going to like um like look for his money with, um, with uh jamie fox i've forgotten the name of his character i thought it was just oh, that kind slick, of slick slick something <laughs> do you know what we no, have this conversation no but his name was slick his name was slick no to be fair it's a like big character like jamie fox or john Boyega. i'm always gonna call them jamie the fox and john Boyega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but when he went to i think as you said slick's house um asking for his money i thought okay it's like a drug movie and yeah it just wasn't that well it just wasn't solely that and i really liked that as you said that was, that's why i was scared because i was like if this is another hood movie i'm just like and then the like sort of obvious ghetto name Tyrone, sorry, who is Tyrone? But like the obvious ghetto name Tyrone, and it's like so the obviously. Obvious name, Tyrone. I like. I even at the end, at the end, you know, when they had Erica Bruce Tyrone, like, let me call yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, I love that. I, I thought that was like, cool. 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 Yeah, we can go chronological. Well, I guess we did start at the beginning, just sort of like the direction we thought the film was going in. Um, but yeah, going deeper into that, but just to that initial, it wasn't the initial scene, but one of the earlier scenes where um, he's in, I don't know if it's like a, his trap, not a trap house, but I don't know if he's like in a he's brothel a or whatever, it, Jamie Foxx's place, when... Um, he sort of, the interaction to me was really interesting. The way they interacted with each other. Obviously, Jamie Foxx's character is like this big pimp. Like mm-hmm. this, he's an older pimp as well. So then you have that like relational dynamics where Jamie Foxx is older, but and he's given him the respect as an older pimp in the game. Mm-hmm. However, he's in a position of power whereby you owe me money so it's like he's coming in he's not necessarily being like physically aggressive like beating him up or anything or like cussing him but he's still like sort of imposing and like invading his privacy by going through mm. his stuff because he's like entitled to his money and he was like yeah jamie fox was like oh you need to respect yeah like, yeah, yeah. Boy, but, but he's given him some element of respect because yeah. if someone was like maybe his equal he yeah. might deal, deal with it differently like differently, maybe yeah. beat him up yeah we saw him. him run the guy over like. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly there you go so i think it was interesting that like i don't know how I don't know, the positioning of them, like, even though he's respecting him, but he's disrespecting him in a different way, it was just interesting for me mm. to observe that. Yeah, then afterwards, him getting shot, I was just like, is this Game of Thrones, like, the main character dies oh, yeah, in this, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. like, in the first few minutes. So I, was, I was like, it was giving Game of Thrones, and I was like, thinking of the title, okay, um, who, oh, they cloned us? Yeah. Who cloned Tyrone, or they, they cloned Tyrone? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, wait, there's a cloning part, so he's going to come back alive somehow. And, yeah. Yeah. 
things like that. I was confused though. Like I didn't <laughs> know what was going on. Like, yeah. Okay, so is this like a butterfly effect kind of movie where he's just repeating? Oh, repeating. Yeah, oh, like, right, yeah. The same year. Oh yeah, like, I thought so as well. Because then it was like um, the it was like the day repeated yeah, repeated itself. Exactly. He went to the shop. He saw mm. the the drunkard outside. Like. What the same chronology, but then I also thought that was interesting as well because that sort of speaks to the monotony of like people that live in that world. It speaks to them, like every, I guess, in every um, socioeconomic um, setting, there's that monotony where you go to work, you come home. But for him, it's like he goes to the shop, gets some beer, goes home, and that's happening every day. Interactions with the same people, and it's like, and if well, when we speak, think about the film more broadly, you sort of see that. He's kept in that same place, but even in his day to day, like he just fulfills that same very trivial um, goal. Mm. Like I think that's interesting. And even the lady, I can't forget her. I can't remember her name now. Oh, no, shout was. out to her, uh, Tayona Paris. Tayona Paris, like she, Paris. Paris. she played amazing. Yeah, she, she was she, trying to get out of the movie. Like she kept, yeah. her goal was to go to Memphis or somewhere. And yeah, you know, she was trying to save up. Well, Save up money, yeah. It would, it would, would probably never happen. Cause was Using just, means that is not, you know, not everyone would do, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, just, I appreciated it, you know. <laughs> what yeah. you did stuff. I like how they depicted that. They're not just from the hood, like, they're, they're, they're smart. They, they yeah. figure it out. And I like when characters like that are able to save the day. Like in Nope 2, for example, where it's the unlikely brother and sister that, you know, save the day. And, and they just come up with a solution. And one of the things I noticed early on in the movie was she was holding this book, and I um, googled it, and it's a Nancy Drew book. The, children, the children's book. That's yes, what she mentioned. The uh, staircase. And so she played the Nancy Drew character. All the yeah, and like, so, it was like a motif, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was actually good, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little, 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 little things. And I bet if we watch it again, there'll be things we see, see again. again. Yeah. yeah. It was such a charged film. I really did like it, I must say. There's so much like historical like uh, like analysis that can be done on it as well. <laughs> it feels like it could no, be real. Right? I literally could. I was thinking about so many things. Thinking about the Reagan era in America and other things like that, and it's just like yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we'll get into the, that. The crack, <laughs> the crack cocaine, and how like, yeah. basically the uh, black or minority ghettos in America are essentially invented. Yeah, and you know? even like some things you could are actually real like in terms of like that actually happens like um the the chemicals found in the per the perming thing. Yeah, that's hair. it was that's all little moments. Yeah, that's like, all proven. Yeah. Anyway, and who uses that? It's only like a white person with straight hair has no reason to um, straighten their hair with perm. It's only black people that are permanent. So that's like something. And I found that interesting as well because I watched it with my boyfriend and obviously immediately after you to discuss what you've just watched. And I was thinking it's so interesting that obviously like. Um, people of other races have access to these things so it's like a day not really a dangerous game but it's a dangerous game they're playing because that can affect other people but obviously the majority of people that um indulge in the things that they sort of tampered with are going to be black people so like asians white whoever have no reason to perm their hair mm -hmm. even like the stereotypes of like black people love chicken have the like, fried chicken yeah. there everything yeah, yeah it so was obviously just... other people eat fried chicken but obviously it's just played into that stereotype um what was it? The, the oh, I can't remember. There was the uh, chicken. There was the the perm and 
music. 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 So these are things at the club. Yeah. yeah, that was actually crazy. So those are things that are almost exclusive to black people. So it's it's like yeah, that's just it's mm. like very well unobvious. I don't think that's the word, but unobvious ways of controlling. Like you wouldn't immediately think, oh yeah, they're gonna control me through that. But it's yeah, possible. that music part really struck a chord because I think black people have a different relationship with music. Like we're very connected. The the rhythm we sort of we do when we listen to music we we have a deeper connection to music and it could be an easy system of being controlled it's an easy vessel of being controlled because you know even when there, there, were, there were scenes where where they were in that um lap and they were playing music they played rap mm-hmm. music and the two mm-hmm. guys were fighting and they played like a loving music oh, and they yeah. were like you know happy and, you I know, think, happy. yeah i don't think that was like i think they were just playing on uh, kind of you know a right-wing viewpoint of you know where uh, these forms of like hip-hop drill or whatever are violent music and it promotes violent um, acts um, I think they were kind of playing on that not necessarily saying like that actually does that but it's just like this is what the wider kind of uh, wider society thinks that what happens with drill and hip-hop and other um, forms of rap music I disagree. I think with it that. does. I think. I, so. I, I think, think they'll play with that. I think maybe they touched on that, but I don't think that was the premise of that um, of them doing that to um, those two individuals. Because if I, I think mm. even if they played like obviously those people, the profile of the person or profile of that character probably doesn't listen to rock. But I think <laughs> if you did the same thing with like white people who were stuck in that situation and you played rock versus if you played like I don't know some. Lana Del Rey, the reactions would be very different. So I think that's just the human mind, like that's just how it works. Like if you're gonna get pumped and aggressive, if you're const- if you're being told like, I don't know, shoot that. I don't know. Can I swear? Music definitely affects. Can I you, you can. I, I, <laughs> say, I say it affects, but like to to a point, like they were portraying, like they were playing a, a form of hip hop music. I don't know which one it was. I think it was maybe trap, where it sounded a little bit drillish. Yeah. To the point of like literally fighting yeah. because of that, because you're listening, then after you're playing, it changes to R&B and so, and now the two guys are hugging. hugging. I think it was just like, it was over-exaggerated, so I think they were making yeah, a point as amazing. if, like, this is not really... <laughs> and they were playing a point of like, to have, like you know, the world viewpoints of drill causing violence, that's like, causing stabbings in the UK, in London. Like, that's not actually the reason why these people are, uh, these young kids are stabbing each other. Yeah, but yeah. it influences the culture. Like, yeah, the music I influences think. people, and there's yeah. a lot of people who are hearing these violent things. Like, the N word, for example. I'm Nigerian, that's mm-hmm. not something we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And we now, to sort of present ourselves as cool, we, some of us are not saying the N word. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just an example. But I think, like, definitely, music affects the way people live. And, Violent music definitely does. The extent is is up for debate, but I think I agree. I think it does affect the way people conduct themselves. I'm against that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm against that. You know. I'm, no, I'm I think obviously, that. I think it's obviously exaggerated in media. Like, oh, mm. drills making this person go out and want to stab someone. That's obviously very uh, like hyperbolic. But I think generally speaking, like. It might, it will, it, like, even on a small level, it influence your mood, that's for sure. Like, if I, I'm in a yeah, mood to clean, I'm not listening to... But influencing violence, I just think it's a bit too far-fetched, because, like, if you look at, like, well, what are these child, you know, people coming and going into schools or going into schools in America, shooting up kids and stuff, what are they listening to? 
Yeah, but then I think also, unless you've gone away from the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to politics now. <laughs> I think if you're already inclined to carry out violent acts, I think that just further um, enforces, reinforces that ideology for one, and it mm-hmm. sort of encourages that, that behaviour if you're already inclined. If I just woke up and lived mm-hmm. my normal life, Jarrell's not going to make me stab someone, but there's mm-hmm. obviously other, like, um, I don't know, there's other, like, I don't know. What word am I looking for? There's a lot of reasons why people kill, but that just further reinforces that, basically. Like, I'm even thinking of this mm. rap song by Tupac. I think it was called Get Money. And at the end, he was calling out a lot of bad boy guys. Song. You know, he was calling them out <laughs> and he was cursing at them. Someone from that camp could have been like, oh, wow, this <laughs> guy is really moving mad. It's called Hit Him Up. I love Hit that him up. Song. That is a good song, though, like, That was a, like, a good diss track. That was a really, really good. Like, so iconic. that could incite violence. You know? yeah. I think he wanted to, though, but he yeah. was like directly wanting to assert violence. Yeah, I think that was like, a bit more direct. That was direct. That was direct to I like because, yeah. the, uh, what was it, the East versus West kind yeah, of thing, West Coast versus East Coast thing in the night. Yeah, that, you see that, like that influences violence. No, but I even think on a smaller scale, even if someone's not like direct, if let's say like I'm not in a gang, but I like in that world, I still think if I listen to that kind of music, it would encourage me to be violent, even though it's not directed mm. at me. I just think it's. Yeah. Maybe. I just think there's <laughs> other bigger factors. To... Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also think, like, the way, like, I'm, we're kind of going away from the movie. Yeah, we are. Let's go. <laughs> but, but, but I'll just quickly reference this this part where the, we like to think that um, art imitates life, but the way I'm seeing a lot of the content being produced, it's um, life imitating art. And so there's a lot of. Um, things that happen that we're seeing on TV, in movies, and then they start to happen in real life. And you've got things like that with The Simpsons, where it seems like they're predicting things and then yeah. they're happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Truman Show, for example, it sort of mirrors this one in a way, because, you know, there's a system that's in control of this man's life and everyone is watching, similar to um, The Clone Tyrone, where, you know, there's a system in place and the, the powers above are ensuring that that system is in place and they're watching that system and then duplicating that same system throughout the country in different cities so yeah i've never watched that the truman change man like i don't you probably shouldn't watch it because it really will probably mess you up i don't know what that is what is that oh the truman show is a jim carrey movie where he is is basically like he's in big brother without knowing he's in oh i've seen on oh okay i saw like clips on his whole life was a movie and he didn't know that everyone was a cast Mm. until he figured it out at the end and then he found a way to leave yeah, I saw that. Everyone, his mom, dad, best friend, girlfriend, ex, everyone, mm. they were all actors. But then that's sort of like in um, They Clone Tyrone as well a little bit, because this was a really profound part when well, when I was watching it, um, and a really moving part when he found out that his mum was just like... A recording. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, in my mind, I was like, how did this, how was this kept up? Like, how is he... Uh, just I guess as I said it goes back to the monotony of the day like he just doesn't interact with her that's he's just mm. he's like that level of interaction where he offers her food she says she's fine that's like that's that will suffice like that's enough for and him and it's kind of mad like he didn't think to open up the door until then because I think he's just put there to like serve a very yeah, to serve purpose, her, yeah, not purpose, there for... yeah. and he always wakes up back at that spot so yeah probably dies a lot mm, and yeah. it goes back to that same spot yeah. he just realized all the yeah. difference because of that jamie fox yeah. so 
Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, even, but that's so crazy though, because it's like, it's like, oh, this mic. I don't try to be GA4 trying to, because like, maybe you guys will see it differently, but it just speaks to how, like, people in the high positions, I don't want to generalise, but the people in high positions see black people as, like, in general, or black, maybe poor black people, because he's just, he's not, he's, they don't, like, care for his, like, emotions or like um his how he feels about um, being in that situation it doesn't matter to them as long as he's there to serve the purpose for their agenda and it's like he for him that's that's all the family he had and it's heartbreaking that she was just a recording like who it's like it's also like a i don't know disrupts your your sense of identity as well because who even is he his mum's a recording his brother he basically doesn't have a brother he never really existed for him anyway he never grew up with a brother and it's like this whole identity crisis of like who even is he? And it's like, when he felt sort of de- deflated and defeated and he didn't want to, like, generally, like, sort mm-hmm. of opted out of, like, the uprising, I think that was so... That was such a real moment because that's so understandable because he's just, it's just sort of this, like... Um, he's fulfilling that prophecy that they've sort of put upon him, like, you're just nothing anyway. Like, who am I to even yeah. go up against them? And he yeah. sort of and accepted that. To piggyback... On your great analysis, great. Oh, that's why you got the first class degree. Oh, get <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, but to piggyback off that, I think that they meant that for the whole of um, what was this, the town called Glen? Yeah, Glen, yeah. Glen, Glen. For the whole town of Glen, like they just wanted, they want black people to stay in those ghettos and not to escape. Yeah. For yeah. some reason or factor, like relating to real life, I think there's not a way of to get that uh, social mobility to like rise up because there's always always something and especially for black americans in america living in america you keep your pimp hand raised and be willing to protect the ones you love by any means necessary so um i think again highlighting to a real life point of uh like you know talking about the american kind of system or system of associate mobility how it's basically invented and created to keep black americans and black people in america at the bottom and there's not many levels for them to get out of social mobility uh and that's form and that's enforced through like state education state health uh welfare etc 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 so there's not many options for black americans historically and now presently to get out of you know the so-called hood you know there is opportunities but for the few not for the many I think most cases, and I think that's what the uh, the movie was highlighting on, mm-hmm. uh, with keeping everyone in that town so no one leaves, and they have just their experimentation and they can continue with whatever you know plan they have for them, you know. So um, yeah, that's speaking to them like it's like your will, your will and your self determination is not yours. It's America's, you know. Also, that that's just not enough. Like you can be as determined as you want. But then if there's like literally a whole system, sorry, I don't know if you're doing, if there's a whole system that's against you, I don't think that you're, you're yeah. being a determined there's individual. So much you can do. There's only yeah. so much you can do. Yeah, I think that's what they're getting on. And um, sorry, I loved how they kind of outsmarted them. Like they were thinking, okay, these people are dumb. They have no chance. So let me not kill them. Let me leave them there because they have no chance of getting out this world and getting out of Glen. But they had their own, uh, with their own self-determination, their own kind of intelligence to say, all right, let's team up together as a community, as a town, as a collective, 
and let's outsmart them. Yeah, and I think that also it just goes to show that like oh, as an individual, you can be determined and you can have like you can have strong will and think oh, I can mm. get it, I want to get it out, get out of here. But then that's just not enough. But it's when they sort of joined forces that and like you know joined their brains that they were able to outsmart them and um, effectively get out. But then also. <clears throat> what I was thinking as well is that you know when you said that they didn't kill them in that moment because mm-hmm. oh they're not gonna do it they're not gonna get out anyway. It was also because they need them alive. They obviously they yeah. didn't obviously replace them, but they that whoever is whether it's them or the next like yeah. version of them, they need that profile of person alive for mm. their for the functions of that like of their society. Like they need them to remain at the bottom. So that was really yes, and it's kind of mad because they needed violence, they needed prostitution, they needed uh, drug addiction, they needed all these kind of social ills yeah. to kind of further their purpose. And it's just such a direct, and I love the like relationship with that and real life and the history of America and whatever. Um, yeah, they've done an amazing job with that. And I uh, also to the point of them eventing these ghettos, like remember he says, oh yeah, this experimentation is also going on in Los Angeles, in Chicago. And you know, those are kind of like, traditionally, I think what everyone knows as the hood yeah. you know, cities in, uh, in America. And I think this movie is telling like, no, like you was not, you didn't, the black community or black Americans did not just, you know, come up and want to be in this ghetto and be, you know, involved in this drug addiction. Like, it's actually an invention because before 1960s, 1970s, there was forms forms of high crime, drug addiction, prostitution was not going about in the black community, in black American communities like that at all. Even in other American uh, American countries, even like Jamaica or places like Colombia, violence wasn't like that. And then suddenly, I don't know the reason why, I'm just going on what Carla says, um, the rapper also, <laughs> story. <laughs> but he's saying like, basically, there was a sudden increase in violence in the 1970s across many countries in the Americas. And in black communities in America and minority communities in America, Jamaica, etc., uh, Colombia, because it was not like that. And suddenly the 70s came and violence was popping for some reason. For some reason, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's all just talking about how it's an invention. Then uh, you had the relation between uh, the white powder and that being, he thought it was crack, he thought it was cocaine at at first. And uh, kind of, them putting that in the fried chicken was, I don't know the the relation, I'm thinking there was some sort of relation there. Like, maybe like, just to get them hot and addicted to the fried chicken. Like, because remember that, because that, that form of powder was making them, like, giddy and happy oh, and yeah. laughing all the time. I don't... Like, it was this weird kind of... Also... Uh, <laughs> kind of black-facing thing, like... You, <laughs> you know, like... Like, okay, like, black people love to fried chicken, so you're going to eat this fried chicken and you're going to get giddy and happy. No, and well, that's what, black, what makes black people happy. <laughs> that's so funny. That's what if that was the case and they didn't need the the sprinkly thing, the chicken sure. to make them happy. I think it was more so like let's say you have a group of drunk people um that are like intoxicated in some sort of way, I think they're much easier to control than someone who's like alert, like who's who's not drunk, who's not 
like happy who's actually concentrating like on I don't know real life if you're just happy and laughing off of the chicken or whatever it, whatever it may be like if you're intoxicated you're just easier to control so if they're like the stereotype is like black people love chicken they're constantly eating chicken then they're constantly intoxicated and therefore easy to control there you go mm. well that's can, can we talk a bit about the characters and their relationships like um um, the Paris lady and Jamie Foxx. It feels like they have history there. Yes, she's a poker and all of that. But they felt like there was an underlying sort of theme respect, of, like emotional love yeah. bond that yeah. they both have for each other. Yeah, I love their relationship. And also Tyrone and Dalio Boy. I felt like he mirrored what could possibly be the relationship he had with his brother. Yeah. 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 yeah, even him like giving them the advice like, oh, stay, like, stay in school or whatever it is he said, I can't remember. Something mm-hmm. to that effect, like, you don't want this life for him. That's like something you tell like your younger brother or someone you obviously cared about. So, yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's exactly what it was. Like, his um, sort of impression of what his relationship would be like with his little brother, that, that was sort of that, like, um, not the manifestation of that, but I guess that in physical form, like some that's the person who's presently there and he represented his um his little brother for him. Um but then sorry to take back to our previous point, but even like the re I don't know well to be fair, it was confirmed that that's how his brother died, but um the fact that the yes we'll get there, but the guy that at the end wanted them to men- like um maintain that memory that um the brother was killed by the police like that just is gonna like sort of arouse that anger towards the police mm. and then there's if you obviously hate the police then you're gonna be act, i don't know you're, you're never gonna have a good relationship with someone that you hate so they're constantly gonna act out and the police are gonna you know it's just create it sort of like reinforces that relationship so um I found it interesting that that was like the one memory that they wanted to have. Like he didn't, he never knew his brother, but in his mind he thinks that the police killed someone that he loves. Mm-hmm. So naturally he's going to act out towards the police. Um, but in regards to Jamie Foxx's character and um, what's her name? Yo Yo Slip and Yo Yo. Slip and Yo Yo. There you go. It's like two extremes because on one end, when um, when John Baker's sorry, oh, he's supposed up. Fox. No, oh John no, Tyrone Fontaine. Fontaine, John Bates. I stopped calling them their actual name. So when Fontaine um, is coming to Jamie Fox to get his money, Yo-Yo's obviously just had an argument with um, Slick, and then uh, she sees uh, Fontaine on the way out, and then she's like, "It's room, blah blah blah." So she's obviously knows that he's there for his money, and you know things could go left. And she's willingly given that information, ready for him to die. Basically, like if he dies, she's content with that. But then on the flip side, there's this like immense love that she feels towards him, and it's like two extremes. It's interesting. I I, I liked the um, relationship. Well, it's toxic as it is. It was very entertaining. It's toxic, but I think there was like some love there or some Definitely. level of respect there. And yeah, I love how even though um, Yo Yo's Alyssa as a prostitute, and was that her pimp? Correct. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. I think so. Um, and that being like her pimp, like how she kind of came or on the same level of kind of uh, uh, sharing the power dynamic between the, between the relationship. There was no no one actually less like she was right on his level yeah. and telling him what to do, telling him she's stupid and etc etc etc. So um, yeah, I love that. 
Yo, 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 what's that girl? She definitely she was that girl. the stereotype of a prostitute. And I don't know why, I thought that movie was like a time, like in the 70s initially, before watching it. I thought yeah, it I thought it was like an 80s, like yeah. time period kind yeah. of thing. But um, it was actually present. To yeah, honest, yeah, she yeah. breaks yeah. that stereotype of a prostitute who's smart, who stands up for, her, for herself, who's, mm-hmm. you know, she's right there with the, with the man, with the pimp, whoever. I think it was powerful that they all contributed different things as well. Like, I think she was definitely like the brains. Um, slick was maybe more like. You're I don't slick. Know, yeah, like. You're slick, the, yeah. Yeah, I think he was more like logistics and processing, yeah. like what makes, what's logical. And then John Boyega, I think he had the, the fight, like that yeah, aggression, born, yeah. that passion, like whether it was logical or not, he was just mm. going to do it. Like, do, yeah. So they all like equally contributed in different ways. Can, which... can we talk about that plan a bit? Because that plan, it, it starts from the beginning of the movie, right? Like, so every time John Boyega Fontaine dies, he goes back to that very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we just talk about that plan and how it came together and how, you know, they com- like, the way they used their resources and the, you know, the prostitutes and how they communicated all the plans with each mm-hmm. other and were able to execute that plan. Like, any feelings about that? Any thoughts about you know how they were able to pull that off? I don't think it goes back to the beginning. I think they just yeah. drop in a new one with him. So like, well, I don't know. I don't think he's, I think his life is just um, like repetitive anyway, but I think it's just a new version of him. But um, I think, what I found so interesting as well, it just goes to show like how trivial, like let's say they're gang beef, even though someone, like he had literally been the, the other guy, sorry, had been the one to shoot him, but like that's so trivi- trivial compared to like what's going on in the grand scheme of things. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Like getting the prostitutes involved, yeah. the other gang members involved. Yeah. And I think... I think it's just saying like, you know, these people in that living hood, they are much more smarter than you actually think. Like, it's actually smart to get money, to, to be on the streets, yeah. and to even sell yourselves and make that some form of business. There's think, actually an intelligence there. I think aside from intellect, I also think it's like, you don't recognise, like, the power you the possess. The power they have like, and the power they, yeah, they like, possess. Even yeah. if, like, someone's not as intelligent as the other person, like, you just hold mm. value in being yourself. Like, you're, even if you're just seen as a pawn in the game... Mm. You remove that pawn and that just changes the game so it's like you just have to see recognize the power you hold and the, like being in your own position yeah, shout out to all the drug dealers hey. so oh my God. God. i don't know what's nah. going on <laughs> last minute <laughs> no, 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 but actually they um, actually yeah no they're actually kind of, kind of smart they actually are kind of smart and good businessmen and women they are i'm not promoting that <laughs> let's uh, focus on the movie please uh, and you know, even though like Tyrone Fontaine died, and he was obviously shot by them guys, when they saw him, they they were not overly surprised that he was alive. Like they were like, "Whoa, you're alive!" Da 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 da. But they still kind of just moved on with the fact that he was alive. They didn't mm-hmm. hold that. It's like, why, 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 why were they like not so moved by that fact? Jamie Fox went crazy when he saw him, but yeah. the others were just like, "Hmm, you're... maybe they thought he was wearing a vest. Maybe." Mm-hmm. What? Um, I, to be fair, I didn't really think too much into that. I think um, maybe because they just do it every day. Like mm. that's just the way of the like. Because even even when like uh, Yo Yo was telling the story and she was like, yeah, I saw like the car run off and when uh, 
when uh, Fontaine went in the car and stuff, and she had shots, but she thought it was Fontaine, so she never thought anything of it. It was just like so normalized mm. yeah. that sort of you know violence. It was so normalized. She was just like, okay, like this is a normal day. Like I'm good with it. I'm not gonna think anything of it. Then afterwards, she was it. Like even when she was like, oh, he actually died, and ever she was kind of shocked, but not. Yeah. I think she was more relieved mm. that yeah. she was actually dead. Um, but I haven't really thought about that. But yeah, it's actually it's actually a good a good okay. thinking point actually. So let's, let's go to the end now. Do we do we like how we end, or do you do we feel do we feel like there's going to be a part two? Do we want a part two? Do we is it fine? Like, I think there's something we haven't touched on that we've like sort of revealed at the end is that um, Fontaine, well, the original Fontaine obviously is a black person and he's in on this mm-hmm. this game or this system that they've created. And I think that just, that I won't say it undermines all the points we made, but everything I felt towards the film, like, oh, these powerful white people are doing this to the black community, X, Y, Z, him sort of, being implicit in that process and that system of like um, keeping black people down, I think that sort of undermined that because and it goes to, and he's made a comment. He said, "Oh, um, well, to do X, Y, Z, I had to um, make a deal with the devil." And I think so it's still not him. I, that's, I, don't, I know, but then I feel like in the game. But then I also feel like um, I don't know when there's that general consensus amongst black people like oh we're being oppressed by this person and then if you feel so strongly about that it's always interesting to me when there's I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but the the Uncle Tom that steps aside and joins forces to further oppress black people um, and then also him seeing that that's basically himself like. I, it's... Um, I don't think it counteracts our points, like, um, I don't want to go too much into history, but uh, we as a black people, as uh, most black people of African descent across the world, we're colonised people, like, we have a colonial mindset and that colonial mindset is not in the benefit of people like us, you know, that's in the ben- 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 benefits of white supremacy, and that's the ideal, so if some people go on the side of, you know, uh, you know what, you know what, let me join... The Republicans, not saying that's wrong because I'm going to be impartial, but <laughs> it's wrong. But anyway, um, going to the side of, you know, I want to, you know, go with the Republicans. I want to be a conservative. Um, I think that's something that's that's not out of the range. It's not shocking to me. We are colonized people. That's not shocking to me. Like, if there's people like that, that's not shocking to me. And most of us anyways, and most of our family members have, um, held, um, hold conservative views anyways. Socially, oh, okay. conservative, socially conservative views, whether it's based on uh, class, whether it's based on sexuality or different forms of that, we are conservative in that viewpoint as well. I think many of us, and especially people who are West Indian or African, West African, etc. So I don't think like it's surprising or shocking to me. Fair enough. I think I'm not going to say it, it um, complete, like it just means the point is invalid, but I think it definitely does take away from that observation in my opinion because I was so like um, I was just I don't know maybe they just um, shook up my perspective a little bit on the film Mm. Um, but I still have I never have any sympathy for an Uncle Tom I'm sorry so whether whether or not like oh yeah it makes sense because we're um, colonised people not good enough yeah I'm not saying it's sympathy but I'm just saying like 
And I think it's very individualistic it's, as well. It's, it's like, individualism the, and all the, of that, yeah. And I, I'm glad they killed him as well, because the power... Um, I don't know, the, the reason they were able to sort of overturn the system was when they joined together, and I feel like the Uncle Tom person... Sorry, he's not, they call him Uncle Tom, sorry, Fontaine, <laughs> the original Fontaine, um, or Tyrone. The reason... Um, I, it only served him as an individual for him to... I guess make a deal with the devil. So um, maybe it was even good that they did that because they showed that you're not, if you're not serving the people, then the people just won't serve you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think I definitely do have some <laughs> <laughs> I have no sympathy. Like, I think, yeah, this was a shocking thing. Like he he went like something bad happened to him, and instead of like. You know, let me see this from a different viewpoint. Let me. Uh, he just decided, okay, let me just see it from the viewpoint of a white supremacist, uh, supremacist system to say, like, okay, like, we need to do something about this black community. And I think the ultimate goal was... What was the ultimate goal? Because he had... You know, he had a black person and he was, like, gradually oh, right. turning white. Uh -huh. and, he's, and he was basically saying, the problem we have is um, the hair. Oh. <laughs> and I think... I think I think what he was talking about and the ultimate goal was basically to turn okay, these black yeah, people yeah, actually yeah. white. He said, that's oh, what, no, I thought, yeah, you're right. Because Fontaine was like, oh, um, yeah, I saw like the end of your experiment with the tech guy and the tech guy was the guy, the, the start where yeah. he was white and he had like the afro hair. That was the point of yeah. thing. Like it was trying to, the whole thing is basically, we want to, Tell you guys why. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. Then basically, why he is right? He said something about assimilation. He was like, Yeah, and assimilation. That's what said, he talks about. Um, as well. Oh, I can't remember. He basically said, Oh, so, uh, the, I can't remember exactly verbatim what he said, but he said something like, um, he, just homogenizing, like we should all be one race. I think that was the end goal um, of it. He said that that if there is no, he said this, the thing that happened with his little brother, where he was shot by the police because he was black, wouldn't happen if everyone was the same race. So, yeah, they're trying to... <laughs> Homogenise it as yeah. a cold white race. Then after he was like, yeah, the no, only problem we have is the hair. I was like, wow, okay. That yeah. Was well, so what's, it, what's the perm thing they was trying to actually get the perm to actually work and to be permanent or something? Right. <laughs> to get the hair straight. Anyways, I'm thinking of a lemon. have some kind of... Um, uh, ulterior, ulterior thing where they were sort of controlling their mind or something. Oh, okay. That Actually, they were more fatalistic, like she was like, oh, um, she was complaining at first and then they put the perm in her hair and mm -hmm. she was like, oh, maybe it's just me. Down. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying, if just constantly subdued, like yeah. whether, whether it's the chicken you're make, making you constantly happy, whether it's the perm making you really like uh, fatalistic, it's like if you're constantly subdued in that state, you're just easier to control. Is that some sort of commentary on our state of mind where we're just not calm and there needs to be some sort of... <laughs> there needs to be some sort of um, something to calm our, our energy a bit down. I mean, obviously, in the movie, it's to be controlled, but yeah. is there some sort of commentary on our energy just being a bit? I think uh, I don't know. I think maybe our energy like has black people. Yeah, it's black people. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think, think we're calm. No, I think I think, I think so. so. I think we're like I think we're calm. We're constantly being fed like. Oh, what's that? What's the yeah, like a passive of us not being calm. Not even that. Well, I think we're just constantly given like these pacifiers, like um, so. Like if, I don't know when you complain, you'll just get something that's that's not changing the system, but then it's just like shutting you up a little bit. And I think we we're too accepting of those things. Like we don't, we're never going to see real change if like we're given things that don't. That's just to shut us up, kind of yeah. thing. Um, and I think oh, I don't know. I think. 
Oh, this is a different. Let me, yeah, let me not say this one. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> right. Like, if we don't say anything, the system is in place for us to just be kept down, and mm -hmm. so we're standing up for our rights, really. Mm -hmm. And you can see me be aggressive. You can see me a bit um, uncalled for. But is if we don't, we will just be subjected to the ills of of, of the world. That we the gain, the run of the world, and the game, we're getting off it. So we're basically standing up for our rights. You may not like it, but because you know when you have privilege, you're aware of um, the the other. Mm -hmm. So the other standing up may seem aggressive, but it's just like they're standing up for their right and what they deserve. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think this is a good place to wrap up, guys. Yeah. Uh, this has been a very very great episode. I thank you so much for coming on again.